This episode of Actors with Issues is brought to you by Audible. For a free 30-day trial and a free audiobook, visit audibletrial.com actors. Welcome back to Actors with Issues. I am your host, Juan Ayala. And this is our 10th episode, guys. We have hit double digits. There's no turning back. <laughs> Our special guest is actor Kurt Yue, who has over 50 IMDb credits across network television and studio films. You've seen him on Netflix's Insatiable, The Haunting of Hill House, Fox's The Resident, and in films like Venom, Tag, and most recently in Irresistible, a new film starring Steve Carell and Rose Byrne. Kurt also has a fantastic YouTube channel with audition tips and career advice called The Acting Career Center that I highly recommend everyone checks out. Today, Kurt talks to us about starting his venture into acting at age 26, his career switch from software developer to actor, and moving from the small market Cleveland, Ohio to major market Atlanta, Georgia. Now, please enjoy this conversation with Kurt Yue. Thanks for having me, Juan. And, and hey, thanks for pronouncing my last name correctly. <laughs> uh, the funny thing is, I, it actually is pronounced Kurt Yue, but in um, for acting, I've been saying Kurt Yu. I, I okay. kind of I joke that I go, I joke that I use Kurt Yu as my stage name, and Kurt okay. Yue is my real name, even though they're spelled <laughs> the same way. Yeah. I just found that it's been easier to say Kurt Yu and not have everybody ask me to repronounce it every time. <laughs> yeah, I get it. With uh, you know, my first name, people sometimes pronounce the J very. Uh, phonetically is like Juan or <laughs> yeah, I was a right. French. I'm like, Nope, it's not. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so I read that uh, acting wasn't something that you had studied in college or in high school and not something that you um, had participated really in your early years. So how did you get started in acting? Right. So, you know, like most actors, I started off getting a degree in computer science. Isn't that what you did? <laughs> um. Yeah, so I, it's been weird. It's been an interesting journey for me. I got started uh, pretty late. Um, I took my first acting class at the age of 26. So when I was younger, you know, I, I had done elementary school plays, I think, like most people did. I'm pretty sure it was a mandatory play, you know, mm -hmm. um, where I played a, a horse and... Okay. You know how you know yeah. how horses go in plays. There are two people that play a horse, and I was the backside of the horse. Oh. So, um, and then you know, and and I think we're part of the ensemble, right? So I, I played the horse, and then I think there was I remember uh, also playing a river, like part of a river. Like we all, right. all, all the kids dressed in blue, and somebody was swimming across the rivers, right? So one of the kids was on top of us, and we all rolled across the stage and that made it look like the kid was swimming over the river, um, which I thought was really kind of interesting way back then. But mm -hmm. um, after fourth grade, I had done zero acting and I never really like thought about it as, mm. uh, as something that I dreamed of doing or as a passion of mine or anything like that. Um, artistically, I, I was kind of a, I was a drawer when I was little. So mm. I, I drew a lot with, with just pencil sketches and stuff like that. But even that kind of died away after elementary school, middle school. I kind of stopped doing that. And then it just became, I was like a math and science kid. Mm -hmm. And I was all about uh, math and, and physics and stuff like that. In high school, those were my, were my best subjects. And so when I went to college, 
I just kind of gravitated, gravitated towards the engineering school. And uh, I think it was my sophomore year, I selected my major, I decided to major in computer science and engineering. Mm-hmm. And that and, you know, I kind of just saw that as my career path. I never, I've never really even considered anything else. Like as soon as I chose my major, I don't know if this is a, the same with a lot of people. It was almost, almost kind of like I had my blinders on and I just assumed, all right, I chose my college major and this is what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. Hmm. And so I, you know, I, after I graduation, I ended up uh, getting my first job in, in the field. So I was uh, working as a software developer and I was doing that for about eight, nine years. And uh, it wasn't until 2016 when I was working full time. And so I went to college in Michigan. I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, went to college in Michigan. I moved back to Cleveland when I found my first job there. Hmm. And I was working full time in Cleveland. My best friend from high school, who was also working full time, we were both working corporate jobs and we would get together after work all the time and we would go to happy hours, you know, hmm. and then we would, just, you know, that kind of got, that got, got kind of old and we wanted to do more than just like go to bars all the time. Hmm. So uh, we decided we were like, oh, let's look for something fun to do after work. That isn't just just that. And it wasn't even like we found an acting class on the internet. I think we just happened to walk by one. Well, I know this is what happened was, was we, we were actually, we were out drinking one day and um, we happened to walk by an acting school on the way back to our cars after leaving a bar. Mm. And just, there was no class going on at the time. It was like one in the morning or two in the morning, Mm. but we just happened to write down the name of the school and say, Hey, you know what? This would be something fun to do. So it was just like kind of on a whim of starting those acting classes. And the funny thing is like, I wasn't even the one that was really into it. He was, he's the big movie buff. And so he was the one that was like, Oh, acting classes would be kind of neat. And I was like, well, I'll do it with you, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and it just kind of started from there. And even then I was just taking the classes just for fun. It was, there was no career aspirations or even making money at all aspirations out of taking acting classes because I was so naive to the industry which I think most people are who are not in the industry in that I just assumed everything we saw on television was uh made in Hollywood so yeah <laughs> like local commercials for the local you know car dealership yeah I just assumed was made in Hollywood even if <laughs> even though when you watch it it's clearly obvious that it's not <laughs> but um but when, as soon as like that kind of opened my eyes when I walked into my you know acting class in Cleveland, Ohio, and I found out that there were students in that class that had local agents and they were auditioning for local commercials and you know industrial videos and corporate videos, and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Mm. Um, but even then, I kind of like fought the idea of all right, let me get an agent and try to audition for real things for a good for like a full solid year in my acting class in Ohio. I just I was just doing it for fun. And Mm -hmm. I kind of ignored it when people said, hey, you know what, you should try auditioning for an agent or something like that. And I kind of just ignored it until I, you know, couldn't let it uh, pass anymore. And and then I eventually got my first agent in 2009. And uh, that was in Ohio, started auditioning for local things and started booking things here and there. And but but even then, you know, I was still working my full time job. 
You know, I thought it was fun to be able to take a day off here and there and do an acting gig yeah. or go to an audition during my lunch breaks, you know, things like that, which I, it was neat. And it was kind of fun to do that. Uh, but even even then, I had no aspirations of going and pursuing it further because, again, I was naive to the industry. Again, I just assumed that the only other place you could pursue acting further would be to move to Hollywood. Yeah. And I knew that Los Angeles was super expensive. I had friends from my acting class in Cleveland that had moved to Hollywood and, you know, struggling actor. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and just seeing how hard it was uh, for them in their first few years there. And I thought I'm I'm living super comfortably with my full time job and and uh, just taking acting gigs here and there. Uh, I didn't really want to do it. And then I kind of found out about Atlanta also by chance. Yeah. Uh, I had started a taping service, an audition taping service in Cleveland. And it was the only audition taping, taping service in Cleveland at the time when I started it. And so I called it Cleveland audition taping. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, I was taping people for, you know, their local auditions but then I would randomly get people that would come in from out of town who were visiting family or for whatever reason they were in Cleveland. Right. Yeah. And who would need an audition taped. And uh, I happened to tape an audition for this girl. This girl contacted me and she said, Hey, I'm in town filming a movie and uh, I need to tape an audition. And I said, oh, okay, cool. So, um, I was taping her audition and then we were talking afterwards. I assumed that she was in town from LA cause she was playing one of the main characters of, of this movie. It was a, uh, the movie was called the bye bye man. It was a horror movie back in. Oh yeah. You remember it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Did you see it? Um, I think so. Was Carrie Ann Moss in that? Yes. Carrie yeah, Ann Moss yeah, was yeah. in that. I've got a cool story about that too. But, um, <laughs> but anyway, so uh, the girl, uh, the actress's name was Jenna Cannell and she played the, um, the kind the girl that, that does the seance in the middle of the movie. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, later on, well, no, no spoilers, but, uh, <laughs> you know, every, every, pretty much everybody dies in the movie. <laughs> so, right, it's a horror um, movie. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, um, but so she was in town and she needed to, me to tape her audition. I assumed for, she was from LA and then she told me, she was like, no, I'm actually from Atlanta. And I was like, really? And she told me that, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in Atlanta yeah. and that's what, piqued my interest and I researched Atlanta and uh and then I I asked a couple of friends of mine from acting class who were thinking about moving to LA I said hey have you guys thought about moving to Atlanta and they're like no we didn't know anything was going on in Atlanta yeah. right so we were all kind of naive to it we all researched it and then uh and yeah like a year later I ended up moving down here and then my my two friends from acting class ended up moving in with me uh, a, a few months after that. And we lived together for about two years before we ended up moving into our own places. But, um, yeah, that's how I ended up down here in Atlanta. And so everything has been kind of like, um, I've been figuring it out as I go. And even like the career itself, because I didn't grow up having this as my dream and because I kind of just fell into it. Um, Oh, I also, I quit my full-time job back in 2014. Hmm. So I've been kind of doing acting full-time plus, you know, whatever side gigs that, that we all can get. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm at the point in my career where, um, I'm just, it's just, 
it's still kind of like letting it come as it does Hmm. and, and seeing what happens with it. Um, I've, you know, I've done a little bit of research on maybe trying to, you know, uh, get an agent outside of this market and try to audition for bigger things in on the coasts and things like that. But, uh, uh, there's still also something in the back of my mind thinking, you know, is that what I really want is, you know, because, because this isn't, you know, what I originally intended for how my life to go anyway. So I'm still trying to figure everything out and it's, but it's, it's, it's been really fun. It's been, it's opened a lot of doors for me and, uh, I've definitely enjoyed this second act of my career or my life more so than being a software developer for sure. Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, um, you know, you've been in the industry for, you know, for, or at least acting for over 10 years now. Yeah. And, and, you know, we all still get that feeling of whether or not, like, it's not too late to turn around and go do something else or go back to where I was before. (laughs) Right. And, and, you know, um, and in your case, especially, I mean, you were in, um, you went from a small market to one of the newer major markets. I mean, Atlanta really is booming or I mean, pre COVID it was booming. Um, right. Exactly. And, and yeah, you know, so, um, so many times there is that misconception of like, you know, you want to be an actor, you got to go to Hollywood. It's like, well, wait, we're ignoring New York. We're ignoring Atlanta. We're ignoring Chicago, Vancouver. Mm-hmm. There are these pockets of, of not necessarily pockets, but you know, still major markets across the country with, with plenty of work still, but there's still surprisingly that mindset of Hollywood. You got to go there. LA is where you got to go. Yeah. And I think there's also the misconception of um, people think that, you know, for whatever reason, people think that once you decide to move somewhere, you're just there for life. Right. Right. There's, there's nothing wrong with going to Hollywood, but there's also nothing wrong with going to Hollywood later. Mm -hmm. You can, you can go to a smaller market, which I think is is a really smart thing to do, to go to a place like Atlanta or Chicago or like New Mexico, which is growing a lot right now, mm-hmm. and build up your credits before you move to a, you know, to the lion's den of Hollywood. Right. And it's just, you know, it's not easy to break into this business no matter where you are, but it certainly is easier in a smaller market. It's easier to get an agent. It's easier to start getting auditions and it's going to be easier to book your first co-star yeah. or one liner in a movie. Right. Yeah. With the smaller markets, um, it's, it's less saturated. Exactly. Than, than LA. Cause you know, everyone in LA is a model slash actor slash singer slash, you know, and, and, you know, they've got their, their hands in every little aspect of the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of the industry but once if you're in LA it's a lot of theater based actors who you know have worked in film and television and New York has grown exponentially over the past several years um it used to be like the law and order franchise and soap operas but soap operas are out of New York law and order is just the one series now but then like all of the marvel netflix series were filming there right um, a ton of procedurals a show that i worked on called blind spot um was filming there for five seasons and um you know it's it 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 just is very confusing where people still get this misconception and well it's not really it just makes me think like they're talking to people and asking advice from people who have nothing to do with the industry and they're just like oh you're going to la you're going to hollyweird it's like well mm-hmm. you know um i think part of it also is just the uh 
Hollywood is so romanticized, mm -hmm. right? And it's the la la land idea, yeah. you know, and you, you just, it's, it's the dream. Yeah. Uh, I didn't grow up having it, but I understand it. And you, you have that idea and you've watched all those movies growing up and you, you've watched the Oscars and all that. And part of it is the dream of making it in Hollywood. And I think if, if that's what people want, there's nothing you can really talk them out of. Right. right? Um, did you start off uh, in New York? Are you a New York native or did you end up moving there? Uh, so I moved to New York a year ago. Okay. Um, and prior to that, I was in Connecticut, which is an hour and a half away on the metro, on the train. Uh, okay. So very close by. Um, Broadway was always like within arm's reach of going to see a Broadway show. Um, uh, so you kind of already knew the market. I mean, not at all, to be honest. I, uh, I very much have sort of learned it as I went because, you know, I went to college for theater arts and did a lot of local theater, um, helped start a theater company. And, um, you know, just did a lot of local theater that was unpaid, but was working at a theater venue as a bartender and, mm -hmm. you know, just always in a theater, whether I was bartending the show I wasn't in or was in the show itself. Yeah. But then I started, um, there was a, a Hallmark Channel Christmas movie that was filming blocks away from my old college. And um, I saw that there was, I asked like what they were filming and they said like, oh, it's this, this Hallmark Channel Christmas movie. And um, this guy said, are you interested in being an extra? And I'm like, how does one even go about doing that? <laughs> right. And then he said, oh, just go to this website and sign up. You know, we just started filming. So they're going to need people for a few weeks. So I did that. And then there were a bunch of background actors and extras there that came in from New York because it was a few minutes from the train station. And mm. um, then they told me all the casting websites I had to go on, actors access backstage, all that stuff. And sort of mm. made that transition from from theater to to commercial i started in commercials and then eventually television and you know still very much learning as i go um learning were you how, intending to make that transition anyway at some point in your career or i was don't that... i don't think so i was completely i my mind was my heart was set on like being a broadway star because i am a singer yeah. and, and an actor you know so right. the, the big thing was to like you know be the the phantom and phantom of the opera when i was like 30 mm. or something and but i wasn't I just watched that together. for the first time sorry oh, really? to interrupt you i just watched phantom of the opera for the first time when they had it on uh youtube um i'd never seen the show before and it was uh it was beautiful oh yeah it's it was hands down one of my favorite shows i i've seen it i think four times over the past 10 years wow. and it's so because it's been running for like over 30 years in new york now right um but I really didn't know how to get my foot in the door with television because it was never on my radar. It was always mm -hmm. like, and it was that same concept as a teenager, like Broadway's in New York. And if you ever want to do movies, you got to go move to Hollywood. So I was mm -hmm. like completely right. out of my, out of my mind. I was like, nope, I'm going to do theater because I love singing. I love being on stage. And then I happened to book a sprint commercial for father's day with my dad because they were looking for real father son pairs oh that's awesome <laughs> so then we did that and then that got the ball rolling and here we are four years later now jesus um but yeah is your was... dad still auditioning for stuff too no 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 <laughs> <laughs> no he was a chef and then uh is now running a landscaping uh business so i i like you am the only actor in my entire family 
Mm. Yeah, it's it, and it's something that you know people always ask, like, oh, like how's acting going or whatever, and you know because yep. they just have no concept. They're like, are you are you moving to LA? You're gonna do this? You're gonna do that? And right, it is just this interesting. And, you know, I come from a family of immigrants, so it's also like that was never on anyone's mind of doing anything artistic or creative or anything like that. They're all like, um, you know, cooks, carpenters, um, electricians, all trade jobs, because that's just mm-hmm. what their what their whole path was of, of survival. Did you find that similar yeah. with your family? Like when you started booking consistently, they were surprised, were they supportive? Um, yeah, they were supportive, but at the same time, it was um, when I was starting off in Ohio, you know, I was doing it on the side and I had my full-time job and yeah. they were like totally cool with it. Right. And then when I decided, so the way I quit my job wasn't, you know, I didn't have a, uh, I wasn't on a salaried, salaried position at mm-hmm. the time. So I had kind of switched in my, in my software career at one point I had switched to becoming a uh, contractor. So I've been doing contract work, so six-month contracts or 12-month contracts with, with certain companies. And then whenever that contract was up, I would you know, go work at a, at a different company. Yeah. And uh, I had just finished a contract at the end of like December 31st of, of 2013. And I had been working for a while. I had saved up money. And I decided, you know what, let me just not take another contract for six months and just do focus more on acting and then do some side jobs and stuff like that. And if anything, it'll just give myself a break. Mm-hmm. And if not, you know, maybe I can live off of um, the tiny little amount that I was making either uh, acting combined with the other things I was doing. And then that actually just ended up going on forever. <laughs> I ended up finding, I ended up booking a little bit more. Plus I ended up, you know, finding more side gigs to do to just be able to afford to live. And this was in Ohio's and Cleveland was a super place. It's cheap place to live. Yeah. So I was able to do that there. Uh, for a few years, I would definitely get questions from my parents aren't super, uh, you know, they're, they, they don't really pry a lot, right. um, but they'll, they'll, they'll hint at things. Right. Yeah. So my dad will randomly, this was years ago, he would randomly would send me emails about these um, software jobs <laughs> that he that he had seen pop up, <laughs> even though I, I would tell him that I wasn't really interested. Yeah. And then my mom would say things like my mom even admitted to me one time, like she asked to borrow some money at, at one point from mm-hmm. me. And I was just like, yeah, sure. OK, like I, I never really questioned it because my parents are are doing fine. Like they're, they're, there's no way that they would need money from me. But if for whatever reason they, she like, I forget what her excuse was. Like her, she said her money was tied up in a CD in a bank or something like that. Right. And she needed something. So I just didn't question it. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'll give you some money. And then like a few, like a week later, she was like, I actually didn't need any money. I just wanted to know that, you know, you were doing okay and yeah. you weren't broke. <laughs> um, but, uh, but now uh, I've gotten to a point where, you know, it's been years and I haven't, gone broke and I haven't asked my parents for money mm-hmm. and uh, I haven't lost my house or my car or anything like that. So now my parents are like, okay, well, I guess we don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Um, so they don't, um, there, there hasn't been any of that anymore, but I do think like the immigrant thing does have, uh, does play a big role in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, me being also, uh, 
coming from Chinese immigrants, right? And I'm an immigrant myself. I moved to the U.S. when I was four years old. Okay. But uh, coming from Chinese immigrants, you know, we definitely have that. It's a stereotype, but it's definitely true of like the parents really wanting you to focus on education and be, an, be, a, be a doctor or a lawyer or whatever um, that, that, uh, that's, that has a financial future, right? Um, and there's a funny thing that I read in, well, I can't remember. I think it was uh, a business podcast or something like that, that somebody said where they said that our parents don't want greatness for us. Our parents want safety for us. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's something that rang really true and you can't blame them for right. that. Yeah. It's, it's, that's just what they want. And, um, and we have to kind of, if we do want something different or we want something more then we kind of have to go off on our own and just do it. Yeah, that's definitely true. It's something, you know, they want stability and, and, you know, what parent doesn't want that for their kid. And when they say, Hey, I'm going to go into this super competitive field that is very high risk, um, frequently low reward. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, like you book that, you book that one co-star, there's your nice check for the day, but when's your next one? You know, when's, (laughs) you know, um, I think like the, the SAG-AFTRA, they say something like only, I forget what the statistic is already, but it's not very high. It's less than 50% makes over the the 18,000 threshold or something like that, which is oh, like for, for health insurance. insurance. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what their threshold is. That like only a tiny percent makes above that. And then I think it's way, I think it's way under 50%. Gotcha. Um, and that that makes it to health insurance, man. I I don't know the exact numbers either, but I want to say it's in the single digits who make uh, like SAG after members who make that. Yeah, I think it's really really low. It's in, it's it, and it's I know so many actors that will you know because the requirements is either you make X amount of dollars or you work X amount of days. So then they right. go work as a stand-in or as a background actor. Um, and you know I'm grateful that my side jobs is as a writer um occasional photographer and mm-hmm. i work at a gym as well but gyms as well as the rest of the entertainment industry is shut down mm-hmm. right now so right you know doing what we can um right how has... i didn't even know that i didn't know that being a stand-in could add to your number of days for uh for insurance yeah it's basically any um any it, it's basically as any number of days you're under a sag contract of oh okay of whatever really kind. cool yeah that's interesting yeah, there's a few people I know that basically make the majority of their living like as a stand-in for the lead character. So they're there almost every day that they're filming. Mm. And they because, get their insurance out of it. Yep. That's great. Yeah. And the overtime, because Lord knows if you're there with the lead, you're doing more than eight hours a day. <laughs> right, right. Um, how has... Because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm up by New York. I'm, I'm in Connecticut right now. Um, just uh-huh. because New York isn't exactly a place anyone who can get out wants to be in right now. Um, but how has COVID affected, um, Atlanta? Is it, um, is it opening up again? Are you, are you seeing more auditions pop up or is it still pretty much shut down? Um, I think the city itself, a lot of it has opened. I'm sure you've seen about it on the news. Like that's a big thing about what happened here in the South. Like the South was all about let's open up right away. And Georgia was definitely, uh, Georgia was the first state to Mm. decide to open up like restaurants and bars and all kinds of stuff. But um, as far as acting goes, yeah, everything kind of shut down around March-ish. Mm-hmm. And 
there were you know there was a movie i was supposed to work on right at the end of march and then that movie ended up getting shut down um i don't even think it started filming and because of that you know who knows if that movie's even gonna uh, be picked up again when right. everything opens up maybe it'll get scrapped because you know the stars of the movie might have something else that they've signed on to yeah. uh at the end of the year right so um you just don't know what's going to happen with those um I have seen some commercials start to pop up. Like, I want to say it was like two weeks ago. There were like, all of a sudden there was a rush of like four or five commercial auditions yeah. uh, that, came, <laughs> that came through. And then again, and then like nothing for, for two weeks after that. So it, I don't know. Um, it seemed like they, they opened up the floodgates for a second there, but then it kind of quieted down again. I definitely have not seen any film or television projects audition yet but you know some other actors that i uh other actors down here might have had a few auditions i might have seen them seen them say something about that but uh definitely nowhere near um like open doors Production. yeah 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 i've noticed um i had a couple because i have a um i have a, my manager is new york based and my agent is um nashville and atlanta so they're very much southeast. Um, and the, yeah, there was a couple commercial like self-tape requests a couple weeks ago. Mm. Um, there was one series regular audition that came my mm -hmm. way, but they're not filming until 2021. <laughs> mm. So they're just, you yeah. know, putting that out there for uh, for safety, I guess. Um, yeah, I, the series, I, right? I guess I, I agree process. with that. Yeah, yeah I've, seen, I've seen a few audition postings for things that are, are saying... Um, we have no idea when we're going to start production, but we're going to just put these auditions out there now just to get ahead of the game a little bit. If you're like me and you listen to a lot of podcasts, you'd probably love listening to audiobooks. I'm thrilled to be partnering with Audible, the leading provider of audiobooks and spoken word entertainment. Titles range from popular fiction to literature and biographies to health, wellness, and everything in between. For a free 30-day trial, visit audibletrial.com slash actors for a free audiobook. Once you become a member, you get one credit each month for an audiobook of your choice and two free exclusive Audible originals. To all of my actors listening, I highly recommend you check out the book The Actor's Life, A Survival Guide, written and narrated by Jenna Fisher, best known for playing Pam on The Office. Jenna gives an in-depth look on her career from fresh-faced Hollywood newcomer to struggling actor to the star of a network television show. She also has a ton of industry information that would help any and every actor, new or already in the deep end, and how to navigate this crazy industry. For a free 30-day trial, head to audibletrial.com slash actors. That's audibletrial.com slash actors. Uh, not even just, not even just uh, for myself. I've gone because... You know, being here in Atlanta and being in classes here in Atlanta and being in a community of actors and having a lot of friends that are actors, it is so cool to go to a movie with your friends and see one of them on the big screen. Yeah. I mean, I I get goosebumps every time I that, that happens. And even just like thinking of it, you know, it kind of gives me goosebumps to see see something like that. So uh, if for me, uh, film just for that reason. Yeah. You just get that sense of like pride for your friend you know yeah it's, it's awesome. so cool uh that's happened with me seeing some of my like you know um model friends 
on a billboard in Times Square. I'm like, what? That is amazing. Oh, right? Like, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, that paycheck, like, can't relate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, would you rather play the hero or the villain? Mm. I think the I think the villain just because it's so off brand for me. It's mm-hmm. not. It's it's going against type for sure. Uh, drama or comedy? Again, uh, because it's not something I've done a lot, I would say comedy. I, I, I tend to be, if I do a comedy, I think I would be more of the, the straight man, man in the yeah. comedy, right? I, I'm not the person who's going to be cracking a lot of jokes, but in, in the right situation, I think I would, I, I could do well in a comedy. Yeah. Opposite with the total goofball, the straight man is just as hilarious. Right. Exactly. Um, uh, what's the worst survival job you've had? I know your circumstances are a little bit different, but um, yeah, what would be the, in your opinion, the worst survival job you've had or side gig, I guess? Yeah, I don't think I've really had, you know, it's, I've, I've kind of been really lucky in that um, the only job that I've, I've had, you know, throughout my career, even before acting, I don't think I've ever had a job that I hated, but looking back on it, like some of my software jobs, it, look where I am today and looking back on what I was doing. Um, it, it was like thinking about it right now. I'm like, that was such a waste of time. <laughs> I, you know, I, I was making money. So that was the, 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 definitely the only benefit of it. And it was a, it was a great benefit because that kind of allowed me to do what I'm doing now mm. in that I had saved up money to be able to kind of pursue acting. But um, I was like, there was a lot of time where I was just like kind of sitting at my desk and twirling my thumbs or watching YouTube videos at my desk, um, and not doing anything and just bored. Yeah. And that, uh, the, the feeling of boredom is not really in my life right now, which is, uh, fantastic. That's the goal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, what role did you have the most fun playing? Oh, do, 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 do. So I would have to say uh, it was when I worked on Haunting of Hill House. And I don't think it was necessarily the role, but it was just like the circumstances and the situation of getting to work uh, with Henry Thomas, who was like, he was Elliot in (laughs) E.T. And I had dressed up as Elliot for Halloween on multiple (laughs) occasions, you know, like, uh, and and just getting to be in that situation was just uh, yeah, that was just so amazing. And I never brought up ET to him while we were on set, right? Um, because it's just in the back of my mind, I was thinking like everybody must talk to him about right. ET, <laughs> and that was like fifty years ago, right? Yeah. Like, there's no way. Like I'm sure he's tired of talking about it. Yeah. And I, I I could imagine as an actor, you don't want to keep talking about what you did as as a kid. Um, but uh, but that was just that was a lot of fun being able to work with uh, with him in a in a show that was uh, that became super popular too. Yeah, hands down one of my favorite shows. I remember um, I was in the the Facebook group Talent Managers for Actors, mm-hmm. and I saw that you were doing like a live video on uh, self taping. Right. I'm like Kurt, you. I'm like, where have I seen this actor before? Uh, and I had just rewatched Haunting of Hill House like the wow. day before, yeah. and I was like, what? are the odds i was like that was so funny to me when that just yeah. like, popped up uh because i think i just joined that facebook group at that time too 
It's like that Facebook creepiness of putting up an ad when you think about <laughs> something. Like somehow Facebook got me to do a live video right after you watched Haunting of Hill House. <laughs> uh, what TV show would you like to join the cast of? Oh, hands down, The Walking Dead. Mm. So, and it's not even because I'm a fan of the show anymore. Um, so now that I've said this, if, if any of the producers are listening to this, they're not going to cast me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, I, I loved The Walking Dead in the first, I can't remember how many seasons, the first like five or six seasons. I, I was a huge fan of the show, like would have watch parties and stuff like that yeah. with my friends. And then it got to a point where it got kind of old and got kind of stale and I just stopped watching. But um, it's still, The Walking Dead was is a show that I was a fan of before I was even considering becoming an actor, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and even then, even when I had been taking acting classes and I had been doing things in Cleveland, like I would watch The Walking Dead with my acting friends from class in Cleveland and there was no part of our brains that were thinking that we could potentially at any point be on this show. Yeah. You know, we were actors. Yes. But we were actors in Cleveland and we're doing local <laughs> commercials and that's totally different than yeah. the walking dead, you know? And I remember coming to Atlanta and uh, a few months after my roommates had moved in with me, one of my roommates got an audition for the walking dead huh. and he uh, showed me the email and I immediately got goosebumps, just like seeing the subject line of the email and seeing that show. And um, it, so it's just one of those things where it would be, it would be so amazing to be on, uh, on something that had such a huge, that was such a huge part of my life yeah. for like five or six years. Um, so yeah, that, that would be, um, that would be the big one. Yeah, along those lines, for me, it would be a Law and Order SVU mm-hmm. because it is such a staple in New York, and it's right. like you know everywhere you go, there's gonna be. And I grew up watching the marathons because that show's been on longer than I've been around. And yeah. you know, it's um, that's not true. I'm older than that show. What am I saying? What? <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, it has not been on for that long. Um, but you know, it's very much for that same reason, like uh, just because it's an iconic show and it's now down the street from not necessarily down the street um but you know so but it's right there yeah close, yeah, in yeah such close it's right proximity. there um what book what recommendation book? do you have for a new actor oh so many <laughs> i'm looking at my desk right now and there's like six or seven acting books here on my desk oh you know what i'm gonna give you one that i don't think a lot of people are, are gonna say a lot of people don't know about this book and mm. i only recently discovered this it's called the emotion thesaurus and okay. it's called it's the emotion thesaurus a writer's guide to character expression so it's a it's a writer's book so that's why probably no actors have ever bought it uh-huh. but um it's a really cool book because it's just it's i, I forget how many there's like three or four hundred different emotions uh that are listed in here mm-hmm. but in the descriptions of the emotions they'll have uh like i'm just gonna flip to a random page like here's a emotion of hurt and they have the definition but then they have uh physical signals and behaviors and it'll say eyes widening brows furrowed swallowing hard lowering the head and neck appearing to shrink so it's kind of like uh descriptions of behaviors that are associated with certain emotions yeah 
and it's just and and then they also have uh power verbs that are that are associated with that emotion to argue to attack to collapse to crumble um and all of these things are like really interesting from an actor standpoint as well not just for writers um obviously you don't want to take it and just do like paint by numbers acting but it's a starting point it's something to kind of give you an idea of how to uh play a particular character when we have when uh it's written in the script that our character is hurt. Um, well, how do you play hurt? Well, there's a million different ways to play it. And I think this emotion the source is a great tool to have to kind of give you a starting, like a jumping off point to uh, build your character around. That's really interesting. There's someone that recommended another book called Save the Cat. It's a book mm -hmm. on screenwriting, mm -hmm. um, sort of for, for similar reasons, just getting a different perspective on on characters and on acting and, and what the writer imagines and how you can bring that to life yeah. for them and the same yeah. for a director. Um, that's awesome. I'm definitely have to check that out. Uh, so let's go on to, so uh, as a, if you were to direct, uh, which actor would you want to direct and in what genre? Oh, uh, so I just finished during quarantine. I just finished watching all seven seasons of the West Wing. Uh -huh. And I'd never seen the show before. And I had known, you know, I knew who Allison Janney was yeah. from all of her more recent stuff, mm -hmm. but I hadn't seen her thing stuff on the West Wing. And I remember watching the first episode. I think it was like the first two episodes. After two episodes of Into Season One, I was thinking to myself, I, I thought, man, I hope Allison Janney won an Emmy for her performance because she's really good on this show. And then I looked it up on Google and she apparently won five or six Emmys for her. <laughs> for, for, it was like every single season she was at least nominated and she won more often than she, she didn't. Um, and she's so fantastic yeah. on that show. Uh, so just because of, you know, I just finished the last episode of the final season like two days ago. I would say Alice and Janney because I'm such a huge fan now. I was already a fan before, but after all of this, um, yeah. I would love to see her in something sci-fi. Okay. So I yeah. would say Alice and Janney in some sort of sci-fi thriller. Interesting. Yeah, that's like something she hasn't really done before. She has a lot of like... Yeah, not that I know of. Yeah. Um, she had a great conversation on the, um, I think it's, Variety or Hollywood Reporter, you know, they each mm -hmm. have their award season videos. He had a mm -hmm. great conversation with Sam Rockwell. Oh, I watched that. That was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Such a great conversation because they're both, they were talking about like being character actors, but mm -hmm. also not because they have played the lead before. Mm -hmm. But they're both so such... many, so many people say that Allison Janney is the female Sam Rockwell and vice versa. <laughs> I love that. Because they are, because they are so similar, right? Yeah. For sure. Uh, what's the role that got away? Uh, it was a recent one and because it's a show that hasn't come out yet, I, you know, I can't say what it is, mm. uh, but it was for, again, kind of like when you asked me if I want to play a hero or villain, I, I love, you know, going against type. And because I tend to be cast as the doctor, lawyer, corporate type, mm -hmm. I had this audition for a role that was like uh, more of an edgier character. And he was trying to, you know, 
steal the wife of the main character of the show. Mm. Uh, so it was all these things that are so against what I typically audition for and, and do. And uh, I love doing that auditions like that. And, but whenever I submit them, I'm like, yeah, they're never going to cast me for this role, but <laughs> you know, I have, I have fun with these, these auditions. Yeah. And then I got uh, an email that said, Hey, you're pinned for this. And I was like, what? That's crazy. <laughs> and I was so excited. And yeah. this was right before COVID. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I, and then like two days after they said I was pinned, they, they sent another email and they're like, Hey, we need to check your avails. And I was like, yeah, I'm available. And it was like getting really close because things were shutting down, you know? Yeah. And I was like, Oh man, I hope, I hope I get to do this before everything shuts down. But then like the very next day I was grocery shopping and I got another email and they say, Hey, by the way, you're released for your pin. Oh, damn. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, in the middle of the grocery store, I was just like, just like sank down onto the shopping cart. Uh, but at the same time, it probably wouldn't have been great anyway, because like two days later, like everything, all productions, like kind of shut down. So right. I probably would have never even gotten to do it. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what, what would happen with that uh, at that point. But I think that's the one that comes to mind right now. Yeah, that's. I know a few people, unfortunately, who had booked things or, you know, the day before they're supposed to be on set. They're like, hey, they just shut down. Production. I can't imagine, you know, yeah. could you could you imagine being the guy who you book your first like series regular? Oh. And that's like and you're about to start and then everything shuts down and we don't even know when we're going to open yeah. up again. And that happened in particular with pilot season this year because it was in the middle of March that everything right. shut down. So. People yeah. might have booked pilots with the hopes of like, we're going to get picked up. And then my first series regular or, but then you didn't get to make the pilot. And then other networks, you know, gave series orders to pilots that weren't even made. Right. Because they were so confident in, in the project. Um, there's a handful of stuff, I think, like at the CW and a few other networks. So they're like, well, whenever oh, things reopen, we're going to give you guys a whole season. We mm. don't even know what it's going to look like, but. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What existing movie franchise do you want to join? Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> same, same, probably same answer as Walking Dead. Like I haven't been a huge fan of the more recent movies, but because it was just, that was my life growing up yeah. was uh, Star Wars movies. It was such a big part of uh, my childhood that uh, it would be, I don't, my mind would explode. <laughs> same. <laughs> right. The, the most common answer has been uh, the Marvel movies, which is a close second for me, but oh, totally. Star Wars would be a very big deal. Totally. Uh, okay, so we're going to build a dream project. So uh, first you pick a genre, mm. and then a director, and then your co-star. So we'll start with genre. Genre. I'm going to go back to sci-fi. Mm -hmm. I've just been, uh, been wanting to see good sci-fi lately. Director oh. yep. and co-star. Quentin Tarantino. Okay. Co-star. Uh, I want to say Allison Janney again, so she would be my <laughs> first choice. Allison Janney would be my first choice as a co-star, but because I want to give a different answer, I'm going to say Donald Glover. Okay. I love Donald Because, yeah. man, Donald Glover is just uh, – he's, he's fantastic in everything that he does. Yeah. Uh, 
people would just want to have an inkling of talent in any one of his pursuits, let alone uh, all of them. So music, comedy, drama, writing. (laughs) Yeah. Everything. Uh, uh, And uh, so last one in 10 words or less, what advice would you give to a young actor? Hmm. Uh, I'm trying to count the words. All right. I'm not going to worry about the words. (laughs) Um, so, uh, I would say find a way to enjoy the process and also find a way to enjoy the community. Okay. We, that can be crammed into 10 words. Find a way to enjoy the process and your community. There you go. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> All right, y'all. That's it for today's episode of Actors with Issues with special guest Kurt Yue, who you can follow on Instagram at Kurt Yue and follow us at Actors with Issues. Also, be sure to check out Kurt's YouTube channel, Acting Career Center, and keep an eye out for the interview he did with me about my experiences as an actor in New York City. If you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast and catch new episodes every Friday, everywhere that podcasts are available. Thank you all so much, and we'll see you next time. This is Juan Ayala, signing off.